ready. Get ready. Get ready. For the steakhouse. You're about to experience the fastest two hours in radio history. With Steve Shapiro. And now I've added myself. <laughs> the show is off to a great start, I'll tell you that. You cannot tell me that you get to all. Sandra Golden. If you created, sell one of your children. It's not a big deal. Hey, Rusty Menzel. Everybody's trying to be dads and businessmen. And Drew Butler. And now that she just won album of the year last night, see if you can parlay that with some Travis Kelsey magic on Sunday. It's the Steakhouse. Brought to you by John Foy and Associates. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. And welcome to Wednesday. Drew Butler in the house. Thanks so much for being with us. We are the fastest two hours in the highly entertaining Steakhouse that uh, we appreciate you spending time with. I had Rusty on Monday, the Queen yesterday, and of course the incomparable Drew Butler with us today i'd say a good day to have you not only we're we talking to a former dog but we have got a ton of nfl stuff yep you're going to take us through the uh, quarterback conversation which is a lot of conversation if this was a horse race we'd be coming around the back stretch Would i think that's fair that? to say i think yeah, that's very fair that? to say combine this week everybody's talking everybody's getting an idea of, of what some trade possibilities could look like free agencies just a couple of weeks away and for a team like the atlanta falcons they they want to have a really good idea of what direction they're going so they can situate themselves for some success in the draft. Yeah, because if they're losing the asset that is their eighth pick in the draft to move Which I hope they don't do. Which I hope so, too, which is why I'm worried about Justin Fields for a couple of reasons. That's one of them. Like, I hate losing that. But if they are, they need to know where they might land. And they need to know that we're out of the quarterback business. And they need to know that we're not going to be able to get um, some of the studs at eight that we've been talking about, including the kid from uh, Alabama. Um, Dallas Turner, Dallas Turner, which is if they stay at eight and he's available, that's absolutely who they should take. Are you of the belief that the Falcons are only going one of two directions, and that would be get one of the three available free agent quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, you know, consider Justin Fields in that because by all intents and purposes, he's a free agent, or are they going to move players. up and draft? There's only six players that – let's take uh, – Or could they be thinking about doing something that maybe nobody's considering? So I don't think they are, but I but like my, part of me was like, if Desmond Ritter was just a little better, do do they say, hey, we don't have to fix quarterback right now? It may not make sense. We have less leverage this right. year. There's a lot of years, you know, just because a, a team decides this is the year we find our quarterback, that doesn't mean it's going to work. The year you decide you have to have it, you know, if you. I guess if you feel mediocre, which they don't about their situation, you go, in the next two years, we need the future of our franchise. What you said now is, we need the future of our franchise now, which kind of puts pressure on you that that has to happen. Um, and, and again, we know that it's an absolute crapshoot. I was thinking about this walking up here today. Like, uh, I, you know, y- you watch the Patriots uh, in the dynasty, and you can't give them credit for taking a – Sixth rounder. You can't give the 49ers credit for taking Brock Purdy because the guy they picked, of course, was, the guy they picked was Trey Lance. Yes, and so, they traded him out for a cup of soup or right. whatever. But my point is, they went all in on the absolute wrong guy. So my point is, it is if we think because we decided now's the time we're getting our franchise quarterback and think that that means that's going to happen, like there's a lot of really smart teams that it fell in their lap and the decisions. Listen, I mean, and, and, and are, are, the NFL is a cutthroat business. So, to the same point that Desmond Ritter didn't play good enough the last year and a half, and he's not going to be the starting quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons in 2024, the decision that the front office and the personnel people are having to make 
on convincing the coaches who they should take. If they choose wrong, they're getting fired too. Yeah. Everybody's backs are against the wall. Right. And listening to the morning shift driving in this morning, you hear them say, like, could they gain the favor of the fan base to quote-unquote rebuild again? Absolutely not, and I think Arthur Blank is telling everybody in the building that. Go get somebody that gives us the best chance for success immediately. And maybe you don't have to decide on your franchise now, and you say Kirk Cousins for three or Russell Wilson, because if you commit to Justin Fields, you're kind of saying all the chips are in. Yeah. Now, it feels like all the chips are in a different way than if you go Kirk Cousins which is a proven entity. You know he's not long-term. You know he's not the quarterback necessarily the next, you know, seven years. Do you, we care about that, though? No. Not in this league. Like we said. Like, like Just make it happen. Make it happen. To the point of, do we need a seven-year plan? No. I go back to the Los Angeles Rams. They went all in, put themselves in cap hell. They won a Super Bowl. By the way, by the way, all the conversation about how the Bucks Think about the Bucks With Gronk and Brady and the Dominican and all this, and guess what? They damn nearly were. They damn nearly were two wins from the Super Bowl this year. They won the division. They played well on the road. Yeah. They got Baker Mayfield. Started four and seven and ended the season five when and you one. You go sixty years and have never won a title. There is no hey, you know, let's let's have a mindset of building and you you got to win one. It doesn't matter how leverage everything, but not. Falcons fans just want to win. Get into the playoffs. Have a winning record. Be relevant. That's step one. Well, they're, they're, Get into the playoffs. Everybody's 0-0. Zero zero. Here's the good news for, for them. Okay? I've been here for 27 years. I have never seen a fan base more upset, more angry, across the board. Owner Arthur Blank. Coach Arthur Smith. Quarterback Desmond Ray. Du- like, the, the Q rating on them was as bad as it's ever Apathetic. been. Yeah. Mm, angry. Angry. And, then, and, and now, whatever they do, whenever, whether it's Russell, Kirk, Justin, or a rookie, uh, and Raheem, and the, like, they'll be back. We'll all be back day one. You know, they, they, they've got over whatever. Like, it is super intriguing what's going to happen. Yeah, and I'll just give Raheem Morris a ton of credit. Watching his press conference in Indianapolis yesterday yeah, at the podium – you just want to listen awesome. to him. Like, you gravitate towards I, him. You sit there and you go, I think this guy knows what he's doing. And, and and I've never heard other people talk about a guy in their profession at the same level. Like, ever. Like, they, of course they love him because he's a good guy. They're saying a lot more than that. No question. They're like, this guy deserves to be a head coach more than anybody they've seen. So, I agree with you. That's good news. we got a lot more on that. Let's do 9 at 9. Time to build the foundation of today's show with the top nine at nine. 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 On the Steakhouse. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. I was at the Hawks game last night. And to quote Godfather and uh, Michael Corleone looking at Hyman Roth, I saw something very interesting today. Talking about the Rebels there in Cuba going crazy. I saw something very interesting last night sitting with some very nice seats at the Hawks game. I saw a team playing really friggin' hard. I saw a lot of guys touching the basketball. I saw a defensive effort, and I saw a blow. When's the last time the Hawks blew out somebody? On the road or at home? I mean, that was a beatdown of the Utah Jazz. No question. The Hawks defeat the Utah Jazz 124-97. to Jalen Johnson, hello, 22 points, 13 rebounds, and DeAndre Hunter, 20 points off 
the he bench. You're it. totally right. Watching the game, cycling the basketball. Yeah, cy- that's a good way DeJounte to DeJounte cutting in and taking it to the rim. Like, it was just fun to see. I, I, I'm not, I will talk about Trey in, in a little bit. And I'm not saying that it has Trey nothing to do not with fabulous. Trey. Right. It doesn't. You know yeah. what it has to do with? I, I'm, I'm touching the basketball. I'm active. I'm involved. Jalen Johnson, untouched. You know, listen, I, I was very lucky. I had ridiculously good seats last night. And I've never watched Jalen Johnson maybe that closely. The athleticism on him, dude, he's going to be better next year in two years. He is a special friggin' talent. John Collins back last night could not have played worse. Like, like literally, that was as bad as John Collins could ever play. Five points, three, re- three points, five rebounds. What are the numbers? Five points, nine rebounds, but in 22 dude, minutes, he was, he was, yeah, it was not a good Blowing game. kisses to the crowd at State Farm Arena. I mean, uh, th- was that deserved? He had a great yeah, career while here in Atlanta. A good career. I mean, you know, the curtain call to blow kisses up into the rafters. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, he's a very good dude. Okay. And 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 kudos to him. Georgia loses 67-66. They're 1-8 and eight in their last nine. Whatever they're paying over there to get that new group, uh, some of those boys are about to get fired. Is that safe to say? I think that is safe to say. I've dubbed it the Dogs Disappearing Act. It's what they do in every game in this awful yeah. nine-game stretch. They were scoreless for six minutes and 18 seconds at one point, and then more importantly, late in the game, they were scoreless for over two minutes when you've got to put the yeah, ball but, in the basket. But that's exactly who they are. They, they're not a good offensive team. They're just not. It's not like fluky. You are what your record says you are. I will say, though, at the end of the game, the, the, the foul that was called on Georgia with the block at the rim, very up in the air. Georgia gets the ball, drives late. Almost an identical play to win the game, and no foul was called. Chris Sale, anything you imagined he could look like in his debut, that's what he was. Nasty. Sean McDonough, our buddy, he was on radio. He does uh, about 30 games for WEEI. Is that right? Yeah. Red Sox? He said in an interview the other week, he was like, I'm fully expecting Chris Sale to be extremely healthy and be a dominant force for the Atlanta Braves. He was ridiculous yesterday. He comes pounding that fastball on top of you. He was up at 97 yeah. yesterday. We had four strikeouts, two innings. Um, looked awesome. Couldn't yeah. have a better outing. Two innings, no pitch, hits. no hits, no runs, four strikeouts. Strong. Yeah, really good. Um, all right, and and one big moment last night, just because I like the play-by-play call on this. <laughs> this was Cavs-Mavericks, best game of the year, maybe. Mavericks hit with two seconds left, and this hit happens. Cavs out of timeout. Struce into Mobley. Back to Max. Half-court shot. Good! Good! He hit it! Cavs win! This place is going crazy! 121-119! In one of the most incredible endings you will ever see. Max Struess. He heaved that thing. Half court. And he buried it. Dude, it swished it, right? Yeah. Not off the glass. Yeah. You didn't call glass window. You just drilled it, right? That was sick, yeah. Great scene, too. Bum rushed them, and then they all dogpiled on the fun. court. Pretty cool. That was Cavs Radio Network. When we get back, we're getting right into it. Terry Fontenot, Raheem Morris on this radio station Let's just say Drew Butler has a big smile on his face when he hears Raheem. You'll know why when we come back. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. This is Boomer Science with the CBS Sports Minute. Today's birthday show. 
Now back to more of the Steakhouse. Cool. Yes, yes, yes. On Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Woo. Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. This hour is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. One-day treatment, life-changing results, advancehair.com. How often do you get your hair cut, by the way? About once a month. Do you think if it was like, um, if it was confirmed that you could have a full head of hair, if Advanced Hair Restoration was like steak, we could get you a a full full head head of hair. Have you seen pictures of me when I was younger? Yeah. With the John Travolta, Denny Terry. So if Advanced Hair Restoration said, steaky, we got you. Uh Full head of hair is going to look super natural, no toupee jokes. Good question, okay. You ready? You want to go in? Um, so listen, I think they, and, and you know what? I, I, I will they, give you credit as well. Before you answer, <laughs> Steaky Silver Fox with the goatee, I, I I was a fan of that. I'm surprised you shaved. Uh, what My that? dad's got the goatee going on right now, too. I don't know what it is. My kids, they, they don't like change. Miss Kimberly did not like that as well. She, did she, she didn't care as much as Sophie, who commented, Nola and Bobby. I was like, what do you guys think? Go with the beard? No, Daddy, don't do that. Steaky Silver like, Fox. Right. So I'm like, with you, Drew. I, I I saw that video, and I was like, look at Steak, looking all, like, you know, nice and you so know, you grizzly that, there. Did like, you see me chirp Andrew Zimmern? Yes, that was funny. All Andrew right. Zimmer, I mean, just absolutely jacking your style, going yeah, around he, Atlanta doing sandwich reviews. I commented, that's not Steak Shapiro. That was very nice. He looked he looked sloppy, I thought. He looked sloppy. So that's a great question. Um, you know, I just think, again, it goes back to my kids. If they saw me with a full head of hair... Like it would just it would be they just like, wouldn't Dad? they wouldn't be down with it right and you got to pull the bald look like I've worked so hard to to embrace the bald look it would just be a big pivot um, it would be a big pivot I went and got my haircut give a shout out to uh, wait I know you're saying got my haircut that's relatively speaking <laughs> it's uh, a dude in uh, Sandy Springs he listens to the show you don't do it yourself vintage barbershop I do most of the time but sometimes the eyebrows you just want a grooming yeah. You want a grooming is Understood. what it is. And you want that really hot towel over your head, which is like, yeah, you know, good stuff. and then tighten you up a little. And then when you're doing those videos, you're like the eyebrows, like, bro, you get you get older, you start getting hair and like you just start looking weird. But I appreciate this. I want to go. I want to run with the beard thing or try it. And then the kids, they broke me down. They broke me down hard. So your dad's going that right now. Kevin Butler. Yeah. He's Maybe, got the gray. Good look. Yeah. yeah. All right. You have to show me a photo. Um, is that weird? Show me a picture of your dad. <laughs> hey, hey, dude, show me a picture of your dad. Um, I just want to say this about myself and Drew, who who have spent a couple of years together now. And, you know, <laughs> Drew was on the – he was on Arthur Smith hard all year. And, and listen, he turned out that everything he said was fair, and, and I'm not doubting um, that, that it didn't come from a place of just, like, you looked and reacted. It was not personal. And, and I knew Arthur pretty well, and I, I wanted it to work. But me and you were so exasperated listening. It's not just the press conferences. The interviews with Dukes and Bell, where literally they would try to ask him a normal question with a form of, of interpersonal communication. Yes, yes. And what would come back was so... Such, Convoluted. Yes, that's a great word. That, that was the word. Con, you, you, you'd sit there and you'd be like, What? He'd be like, hey, coach, you know, I had a tough loss last week. Like, how's the building feeling? What's the thoughts going into this week's yeah. game? Well, you know, man. <clears throat> Lovely. We got the right group in here. 
I mean, look, we got outside noise. There's a lot of things going. There's a lot of things going. Like, why did you do that on third down? All week long, what are you, you're looking at stuff all week. Like, like what? Like, just that's, answer. That's, that's ridiculous. Answer that question. It's not even the testy part, which was really dumb for a coach that had a terrible record to be as testy as he, as he was. It started when he slammed the table against the New Orleans loss two years ago, and then it continued until there was the one game me and you looked at it and was like, he ain't going to be like that no more. Nah, he, I, I promise you, and he was, and he, he put his tail between his legs. But to hear... And again, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, uh, and I'm not telling you that I'm a master communicator of, of, and not, you know, jumbling names and words and everything else, but I really appreciate the reason I like politics and debates and sometimes I just, I just like to watch how people communicate. For sure. You know? A hundred percent. Say what you want about Donald Trump. Policies he, out the window. Right. Can he you is, talk in command? He is fascinating. Barack Obama. To watch. Right? I mean, a masterful orator. orator. Yeah, great orator. I mean, Vivek Ramaswamy, never <laughs> yes. going to be president. Dude, dude, that guy dude, can that command guy. a room like so, crazy. We're just so entertaining to watch. So, like, that's who Raheem Morris is. The guy is just such a refreshing you Communicator. Know, breath of fresh air. Yes. Yeah, you know, like uh, to come here and when you're smart also. It's a great and, combination. And when you believe in what he's saying. You get the right people around you too. You listen. Yeah, no, dude, I'm I'm excited. You know I was high on Raheem um, uh, for a while. We'll hear him yesterday. But I was just going to say, Drew, we didn't always sit there and be like, dude, what, what, what is you know, going on? Everybody wants to use these corporate buzzwords and jargon. Yeah, like we were like, dude, what? Just answer. And you know, you just you, you had feelings. I, at least I did when the Falcons were going up against a team like the Lions. And Dan Campbell's their head coach, and I was like, uh oh, this is not good. And then middle of the season, they're going up against a team like the Titans, and Mike Vrabel's the head coach. I like, think, uh oh, how you communicate. We all like to be motivated. I'm not. Yeah, I can watch the right motivational speaker or Instagram post or go in a room and have somebody inspire me. They're good communicators. I don't know how Arthur Smith was doing that. Like, I don't think he was. And I think Raheem will. And yesterday, they had two great interviews on this radio station. Terry Fontenot um, asked the question by uh, Andy and Randy, what is the most important trait in the quarterback you're looking for? It's the right leader. And obviously, you have to have the right. You have to be a good football player. And different players do it different ways. You have to be an effective football player, right? You have to be able to come in and – the pieces that we have, the pieces that we add, you have to be able to come in and be a multiplier and make those players around you better. You have to, so we need the right skill set, the right talent, but you just, again, said at the end, you got to have, you got to have the right leader. So when Terry Fontenot is saying we need a good leader, we need an effective football player, we need somebody who essentially knows what they're doing, that to me is essentially showing the cards that free agents in play. You're not going to get that day one from rookie. Great You're just point. not. Great point. You're just not. You you cannot expect for either, any of the top three and then go to the next group. So if that's Bo, Bo Nix or Michael Penix, which was but doesn't matter. Even the rookies. Yes. You're right. Even the rookies. It's just super hard to do, man. And there's only a few greats that have been able to come in and do that. And I don't know that Matt Ryan absolutely, you know, and Matt Ryan deferred to Michael Turner and to, to um, well, I don't know, my, uh, Michael Jenkins was there at the time with Sean Jefferson. Um, might have been here no, at the time. Whatever it was. No, he wasn't. But point being, he had gravitas, but it takes time. Veteran doesn't take time. Kirk Cousins will be the alpha male in the room the no day question. he gets here. Kirk Cousins will be the guy. He'll walk in. He'll command the entire respect and attention from the locker room. 
the coaches will collaborate with it. Kirk yes, Cousins. collaborate with Kirk it. Cousins will get with the skill players, look at the summer schedule. Hey, these dates, we're going to California. We're going to Florida. We're all getting yep. together. We're going to work out together. Not to say that the players haven't done that in the past and quarterbacks have it in the past, but it's a little bit That's different from a guy like Kirk Cousins who's been there, who's done that. Yeah, and I think Russell Wilson, maybe he's ready to be that. Did you maybe. see his quotes yesterday with Brandon Marshall? On the I Am Athlete podcast, Brandon Marshall was asking, like, what happened in Denver this year? And Russell Wilson's sitting there telling him, they brought me in right. and said, take away your injury guarantee clause out of your contract or we're going to bench you. That is such Bush League. So he called that his agent. The agent called Bush the NFLPA. The NFLPA called the NFL and said, do you understand what's going on in Denver? I right don't now? dislike Sean Payton just because he's the Saints coach. He's a despicable human being. Who just you know, listen? His personal life was a hot mess after the. Just ask, ask anybody in football, who what organization became the most insufferable once they won? They were awful to people. They were awful, and he was awful to Russell Wilson. And he's a liar. And he's a he's a he's he's just a miserable human being. So Russell Wilson was defending himself, saying like, I had to keep my mouth shut. My back was against the wall. But I could not take out my injury clause because the NFLPA would have gone ballistic. Yeah, and rightfully so. Here's uh, our head coach, Raheem Morris, talking about the difference between, as Drew was referring to, a veteran quarterback and a rookie. You know, that's, a, that's a huge difference. You know, like when you get a rookie quarterback, you're learning that guy and you're trying to teach him uh, what his uh, roles and responsibilities are along with getting them comfortable and finding his rhythm and routine, right, and being able to put people around him that can help him do that. And you have some people that would be a little bit more uh, caught up, a little faster to know kind of what they want to do and how they want to do it. You can help them. Um, But, you know, it's a big difference between a rookie and a veteran. Uh, Acquiring a veteran, obviously, you'll have a guy that's coming in with some rhythm and some roles and um, kind of knows his routine, and then that's about being supportive. Back to what you said. You, You hit it, man. They they are not trading up, in my opinion, for one of those three quarterbacks. So my question is this. With all the tea leaves showing that the Falcons are, are probably 85% going to acquire a free agent quarterback, and again, I'll throw Justin Fields into that mix because he's being shopped by the Bears. Do you think it's those three quarterbacks, Fields, Russell Wilson, or Kirk Cousins, or do you think there is any discussion inside the building of could we go big game hunting? And I, I want to refer it back to the Dynasty documentary because I love it. It's been fascinating to watch. You and I love what we do. We prognosticate. We opine. But Ernie, what does Ernie say in episode one or Ernie two? Ernie Adams. Unless you're in our building, you have no idea what you're talking about, and that's the truest thing ever. Things are being discussed in Flowery Branch that we probably don't right. even have on our like radar. We, like, by the way, they know what they think of Justin Fields four weeks ago. We 100%. have no idea. And it, it's starting to sound to me like they kind of like what Justin Fields might bring to the table. And that's about leadership. They've done so many phone calls on him as a leader. You they heard, probably called Harrison High School and no said, doubt. Let's, let's talk about no his doubt. senior year. His dad's a big listener of this radio station and this show. Great guy. Fabulous guy. I think he comes from your parents as well. Um, it sounds more and more like they may be ready to commit to that. Just no, don't I, give up the eight pick. I don't, just don't give up the eight. How are they going to get it without it? Don't give up. If you, you right? could Second somehow, rounders? if you could somehow acquire Justin Fields, keep the number eight pick in the draft, take Dallas Turner about, if he's available. I'm all. How about in. next year's number one? How about next? Same okay. they did Carolina. 
Okay. Next year's number one, not this year's. Okay. They, that they could do. Bears fans ain't going to go for it if they're not a number one, I don't think. Hey, when we come back, I, I'm going to talk about what I saw at the Hawks game last night because I, I do think it's worth talking about no Trey Young, what it looks like to me. Also, Drew Butler is going to tell you, when NFL coaches start talking about your college coach like these guys are, you know you have reached elite college football status. Steak and Drew. It's the Steakhouse Sports Radio 929 Game. Sports Radio 929 The Game. Did you know you can play the game from any smart enabled device? Just tell your device to play Sports Radio 929 The Game. 92.9 The Game from Odyssey. Now, get the latest on your Falcons, Hawks United, or anything else Atlanta sports related. Try today and start listening from anywhere. Try it on your favorite smart device now from Sports Radio 929 The Game. Now, now, your game traffic. 92.9 The Game's Traffic Center brought to you. This is so exciting. Sounds like the bomb. Nope, we're not done. It's more of the Steakhouse. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Night 40, 9 o'clock hour, advanced hair restoration, one day treatment. Life-changing results, advancedhair.com. Steak Shapiro and Drew Butler, great conversation um, on the uh, Falcons. And I give Drew a lot of credit for uh, being, you know, very, very uh, clear. And I think on top of this Falcon situation and Arthur Smith, a guy that you said, I have no, absolute no feeling that we have an advantage with him as our head coach week in and week out. You feel different about Raheem Morris. And I also think we you, you can read between the lines. They're not, they're not going rookie. They're not. Arthur Blank's in his 80s. He's He doesn't want to watch the process. He of, understands of, 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 how the fan base feels. He doesn't want to wait to Drake May to be a really good quarterback his third year yeah. and go through the growing pains. You know what growing pains were? Marcus Mariota, yeah. that probably was like a, a an ulcer. And last year, Desmond Ritter probably gave him pancreatitis and, and God knows what else. Like, he can't go through another rookie figuring out things, you know, and if his name's not Caleb Williams. And let me just say this to our listeners who are avid Atlanta Falcons fans. I'm not a Falcons fan. I look at this team extremely objectively. Having played in the NFL, I root for coaches that I'm friends with, coaches that I played for, but, guys but, who went to Georgia, went to high, guys who I played but with. But you went to high school here. I did. And if, and if the my team, dad played for the Chicago Bears. I if I had to pick one team, I'd probably say the Bears okay. are my favorite team. But if we were winning, would you not get into it just because the town is I want that to happen. Right. Do you realize how stressful my Sundays were the past two years having to watch this team? I'm a Sunday <laughs> ticket guy. I bounce around. I've got my fantasy league. I've got my Circa Millions. I know, I know you got a lot of I've got my, my action. So you would enjoy Now I have it. to sit Sunday night and watch the All-22 of the Falcons losing to the Panthers. Right. That really makes my Sundays not as enjoyable as they should be. All right, let's move to another topic, which is, listen, you know I don't purport to be the guy to come to for the NFL Combine and and and, and break it down at the level you want. I'm not going to be um, Rusty's level of knowledge of high school recruiting, and there's plenty, you know, that you turn to other guys in this station for. But I know basketball, and I know the NBA. I'm an enormous, like, fan of the game for 50 years. And I sat up close last night, and something occurred to me, even though I have been the, on the Trey, Trey Young bandwagon like crazy. But let me tell you something. There is something real about playing without Trey for the rest of those guys. 
I'm not telling secrets when I tell you that they're not big fans of Trey Young, his teammates. Never have been. Back to the Raheem Morris, we need a leader. Trey Young is not a leader. He is not a guy that inspires his teammates, takes it on himself to bring guys out, bring everybody together. Team chemistry has been terrible. That's well documented, okay? It doesn't mean he is not a, a, a uh, iconic talent. Future Hall of Famer. Yeah, future Hall of Famer. But, but let me tell you something, man. If they play 500 basketball or better, and they're already 2-0, and and he's not coming back anytime soon, if at all, if they go on a, you know, uh, 17 and 12 run end of the year, they they're gonna think very seriously about moving him because that's their best option to figure it out. Sandra says it best: it's not working. Take away the Eastern Finals and everything since then, nothing's working. Dejounte's not working. Losing Herder and Collins. Well, Collins looked like a bum last night. That's not working. Um, uh, the, the kid from Duke who doesn't even play anymore. A.J. Griffin, is that him, right? Um, although I will tell you, I watched the kid from Michigan last night, Buffkin. That was interesting. Didn't, I, just, I don't know. Good for him. It's the second game. We'll see. But my point is, like, those guys had so much energy last night, Drew, because Trey is such a ball-dominant player that the other guys are like, anything we get is going to have to come from the Trey. The style of play that you see without Trey is something that none of us have seen in a long time. And, again, I go back to the term cycling the ball. Guys are touching the ball. They're moving it around. You're getting the defense to look around. And then you're getting opportunities to shoot open shots or cut to the rim. And Jalen now is like an alpha male. DeJounte is as well. Let it me just say, makes you think. Let me say this about what we just gave the Falcons credit for. Opening day 2024, Falcon fans will be all in. Justin Fields will be under center. Raheem Morris will be on the sideline. We'll have a number one pick. We'll look at Bijan and Tyler. We'll have another receiver, a second receiver. We'll be like, okay. Yeah, the division will be wide open. Yeah, we're like, let's go. Okay, we're in. Absolutely. If you think the Atlanta Hawks are going to go back out next year with this team. No chance. Zero chance. No chance. So they're either moving DeJounte and four other guys or Trey's moving or they're not firing their coach. So, like, something Big is going to happen. They're not going to put this co- this team out again. So if something big is going to happen and Trey has the most value, I think this is a litmus test to see if this is a chance to move Trey. It's an absolute litmus test, and, and there will be a huge subset of data for Tony Ressler, Steve Coonan, yep. Landry Fields, Quinn Snyder, with, throw all boys salsa in there happens, as well. With everything and go, that happens right now. Look at this. Look at that. Right. How do we move forward? Because it ain't going to be what it's been. Yeah, because because living in the ten nine eight seven realm, like purgatory. It, it, yeah, so like we're going to have to do something. It doesn't mean we don't love Trey's talent. It means we have to do something. Yeah, one hundred percent. And uh, again, I saw Friday night. I saw uh, Sunday night live in person, and like you both are nailed spot on. Like everything just flowed. It was yeah. like he, you, you called it like something around. Cycle, or like, cycle, cycle, cycle. Yeah, it just flowed. It Dude, was, it was so to watch last night. I was here to the very end up by 25. Like watching Jalen and Dondre and DeJounte. DeJounte didn't even have a good night. I mean, they're not winning. They don't win by 20 points. I, that just doesn't happen. Hell, so, two teams under 100 points two times. Yeah, that's, that's something that's probably not talked right, about enough. I mean, right. the Hawks were giving up back 130 a game. Yeah, the only thing I know Buffkin, Buffkin can do is he can defend. Like, that guy can defend. But the problem with him is can he score enough? But, like, that guy's a better defender than Trey. That's not even close. So I'm not trying to 
I mean, you've heard me about Trey, but they ain't bringing this team back. So if they ain't bringing the team back, they got to figure out. They don't have two number ones coming forward, right? They lost their 25 and 27 in the DeJounte trade. They got two number ones this year, you know, though. They got the Sacramento pick, it looks like, and our own pick. And maybe that's going to happen. Anyway, it was fascinating to watch last night. Let's talk about uh, the tailgate and our buddy Drew. It's time to tailgate. No, Maybe tailgate. Taking a look around the world of college sports. This is the tailgate on the Steakhouse. Brought to you by all four seasons garage and entry doors. Big enough to serve, small enough to care. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. NFL Combine underway today in Indianapolis. And head coaches and GMs now take to the podium, talk to the local and national media. And Raheem Morris on the podium yesterday was asked about his relationship with Georgia football head coach Kirby Smart. Jealousy is my relationship with Kirby Smart. Right? Let's go win some championships like that guy. Um, they've done nothing but formulate a great program. And again, it starts with the people. But um, just watching him win championships, it's been fun to see. It's been fun to see the acquisition of great talent coming out of Georgia. Um, I know where, I'm, where, I'm, where I live now, is, is a big Georgia contingency, so like I got to get my Bulldog hats and be ready to support those guys and what they're doing. I mean, Raheem right showing some answer. major love to the Alpha right in town. Answer, yeah. God, listen, you, you you've been in the NFL, and I you know this. There's 32 coaches that all have ridiculous respect. If Kirby Smart shows up in Green Bay or L.A. or Minnesota. Guess what those head coaches are going to do? Roll the red carpet out. A- absolutely. And not because of his players. Do they understand They're gonna go pick who his this brain. guy is? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. A lot of mutual respect. How'd you respect. win back-to-back titles? How'd you keep your guys motivated? How do you keep the energy on the recruiting trail? How do you deal with the NIL and all this stuff? 100%. How, how do you deal with your coaches leaving in droves? How do you maintain that culture? Like, dude, this is something that NFL coaches are fascinated by excellence. They're fascinated by Kirby Smart. And it's so refreshing to hear Raheem just go straight into showering with praise. I want to be like that guy. I want to find out how to win championships. And more praise being thrown to the University of Georgia football program from head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, Nick Sirianni, yesterday. Um, toughness, right? Toughness. Obviously, the guys that we've we've drafted and, and have on our team from from Georgia are um, highly talented, right? We have two first round guys and uh, with in Jordan and in uh, Jalen, another first round guy and Nolan. We got a uh, you know third round guy and Kobe, a fourth round guy and Keeley. So they they're they're tough, they're physical, they um, they know how to win. Um, and on top of that, they're really good football players. Yeah, I mean, where else would you rather be than the University of Georgia? I mean, it's fascinating to hear NFL coaches, like literally Georgia. We have Georgia's a third-round pick, we have a first-round pick, we have two fourth-round picks. Yeah, I, got- I will say this, because I did get on some of my cohorts to say, dude, just slow your roll when you decide how great Nolan Smith has been, or Keeley, yeah, or Jay. Of you course. Know, like, you can't say Jalen Carter was the pick over Bajon. I mean, it's... We will see. It will play out. But this was not – the Bijan pick was a great pick. It was a very good pick right now. We will see. You know, they all haven't had the amazing success at Philadelphia. Everybody said they would. No question about it. So, a lot of praise for University of Georgia football players and head coach Kirby Smart coming out yeah, last of I, the NFL combat. Yeah, last I checked, the Eagles had a – it's not those guys. No. Fault, but it was like when they, they went, when they went to a Super Bowl, they're like, yeah, they got all these Georgia players. Well, I mean, the, those guys didn't have a big impact on turning that season around. 
when they needed it. Anyway, let's pivot to some college baseball real quick. Got to go to the flats. Huge shout out to Drew Burris, Georgia Tech baseball player. Yesterday, a four home run game, the first time ever in Georgia Tech baseball history. Damn. Four home runs. Georgia Tech baseball, historically, a very good program. I love Danny Hall. Been a great friend. We'll get him in studio in the next whenever, uh, day day, whenever Danny can come in. Love the guy. They need to have a good year, though. And Georgia's off to a rip-roaring start as well in baseball. Are they? So the SEC and ACC, I have buddies who live in the Northeast, um, and they talk about baseball, and they're just like, dude, every program in the SEC and every program in the ACC is ridiculous. Like, do you see how many ranked teams those two conferences have? Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. And Tech and Georgia aren't in either one of them. I think Georgia's like 29th right now. Are they? Yeah. Georgia's got... 16 portal kids that they went out and got um, after what is, was a rough run in their new uh, – pardon me for not knowing his name. What's the new baseball coach's name? Came from LSU. LSU is the pitching coach. Pitching coach. He's no escaping nonsense. Escaping me now. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, I, I you can't ask me to know everything. Yeah, what's, what's we know it? a lot. Mike, is that right? Ike Cousins. I don't think that's right. Fact check that. Is that the Georgia head baseball coach or Georgia Tech? All right. Well, Georgia Tech is Danny Hall, so I don't know what's going on here. Wes Johnson. Yeah, Wes Johnson. There you go. Former pitching coach of the national champion LSU That's Tigers. correct. Wes Johnson. All right. You saw live radio. It happens. It's a slippery slope. Hey, when we come back, we had uh, a comment the other day, day day that off here. Like, when you put radio guys on radio, they sound really good. When you put writers on radio, half the time they're terrible. This guy is a radio guy in Boston. Are the Patriots ready to move from number three and possibly put the Falcons in that spot? What was it like to interview Bill Belichick at his worst? And how much does he miss Georgia? Jermaine Wiggins, longtime buddy, joins us. Damn good dog. Damn good dog. Sports Radio 929 the game. Talk radio host. A handsome man, a head football coach in high school, and a guy that can provide great insight who I worked with, I don't know how long ago it was, also featured in the Dynasty the uh, Apple documentary, Jermaine Wiggins, and a damn good dog joining us on Sports Radio 92.9. Long time, Jermaine. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How you doing, brother? Great job with your career. You're doing mornings at WEEI. How many years now? Oh, man. we've I've been doing this, I don't know, probably about, probably about five, six years now. You know, I mean, what do I do? All I do is talk-ish in the morning about, you know, about sports. That's 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 what I love to do. I've been doing it since I was a kid, but, you know, I love it. And we worked together. How many years ago did you come in and kind of get some tutelage at Mayhem in the AM? Oh, that was, uh, shoot, that was probably like 2009, 2000, 2008, 2009. Yeah. So I, I, just got, I just got off the air with the, with, with the Greg Hill show, and they're trying to bust my balls over here. We're down a beautiful <laughs> jet blue park. Down here in Fort Myers. Oh, yeah, you're in, yeah, you're in Florida. Stuff. I remember yeah, yeah. this. I remember that he came in and said, I just want to learn the business. Here's an, yep. N- here's an NFL player, yep. University of Georgia, you know, great player. Um, and it was you couldn't have been more humble. You couldn't have been a better guy. And it was like, didn't big dog anybody, which is your personality. And I was mm-hmm. like, and it was just great to, to be around you and realize how quickly you were going to move up in the business. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, you guys obviously welcomed me with open arms. And, you know, from being a Bostonian guy and growing up in Boston, but also playing for the Bulldogs and going down and, you know, being in Atlanta and, 
you know, knowing that, like, how much my beloved Bulldogs are loved down there. It was a great opportunity to learn the business and, you know, had a great time coming in and hanging out with you guys and just, you know, talking sports and everything. And so, I mean, I love it. It's, you know, it's, it's when you know good people, it's, you really don't have a job. You're just having fun. So I've got a lot to get to. First of all, how proud are you of what the University of Georgia program? And Drew Butler's sitting here with me. Dad, of course, uh, Hall of Fame kicker. Drew, um, one of the great, you know, uh, players to come through Georgia on special teams. So we are all proud of Georgia. How proud are you of what they've done? Man, I'll tell you what, my former teammate Kirby Smart has done a tremendous job down there with those guys. You know, um, you know, I've had a couple I had a few opportunities to get down there. Both my kids play college football, so I had a chance to go down to a couple camps when they were younger in high school. And what Kirby's been able to do with that program has just been spectacular. You know, I was a little disappointed that they weren't able to get the three peat this year, but um you look at what they've been able to accomplish has been Really, really good. So, you know, it's it's good to see Georgia doing what they're doing, man. They they have become like the new head dog, no pun intended, when it comes to college football. Yeah, it's great stuff. Jermaine Wiggins with us. Super Bowl champion Jermaine Wiggins. Jermaine, switching gears, talking about the New England Patriots down here in Atlanta. All the talking points are around the quarterback position. What are the thoughts in Boston? Is New England going to stay at three? Are they going to move up? Are they going to move back? Which direction are the Pats going to go to get their quarterback of the future? Well, it seems like they're going to stay where they're at, and they're going to probably take one of those three quarterbacks, whichever one's available. And I know that that's the biggest talk. I don't know what the hell Arthur Blank was thinking when he didn't hire Bill Belichick. So, I mean, I know you guys got to be talking about that one. But here in in New England, in the Boston area, we're we're looking either – I really like the kid Jaden Daniels. I'm hoping that he's there and he's available at number three. But then there's been these other reports that Chicago might be willing to trade the number one overall pick. So why not jump, you know, jump a few spots and see if you can trade up to number one and then you definitely get the guy that you want. So, yeah, but it's, it's looking like New England's going to take the quarterback, and I think that's something that we've all really been you know, clamoring from here up here is that they get that guy. So let me ask you, let's get to the Belichick thing. And I can talk off air with you at some point about why Atlanta did not wanted Raheem Morris and not Belichick. You interviewed Bill Belichick. I watched every one of your Monday interviews with Belichick because I found mm-hmm. it fascinating how hard you had to ask those questions and how he reacted. You played for him. You were on the radio. He did those 20-minute interviews every Monday. How yep. awkward was it? I give your co-host that female uh, young lady, I don't know her name, she was Courtney. awesome. What's her name? Courtney. Was she? Courtney, yeah. She was not intimidated. You guys were very tough on him. What was that like for you? He's your former coach, but he's having a horrendous two years, and then he had to do 20 minutes with you every Monday. Well, you know what? He was actually relatively good with us. You know, I, I think, you know, he doesn't give much. You know, that's kind of, you know, that you learn as a player, you know. Don't really give, you know, trade secrets. Or don't give away the family secrets. But he's a guy that you, when you ask him questions, you know, he'll answer them to a certain extent, especially if, you know, it's not like a gotcha, gotcha type of moment. So it was one of those things that you never knew how he was going to kind of come in. But especially this year, I think he kind of just changed the way he went about doing things. So, you know, it gave us a little bit. But, I, you know, when you're having such a bad year and if you know Bill Belichick and he hates losing – yeah, it's one of those things. If you get anything out of them, you probably you've done your job. 
All right, so the, the, the dynasty is a phenomenal piece of filmmaking, whether you're a Patriots fan or a Patriots hater. There's mm-hmm. no question he comes off as the villain. There's no question that, that Tommy and Robert Kraft and everybody else, it's like it's all pointing to Bill. How did you feel it was portrayed? How, how I think are you, you're, how you're portrayed and everybody else, but what's your overall thought? Is he getting a bad rap? And overall, you were a part of the most famous game Arguably in Patriots history, other than the the you know, well, there's three of them. But uh, what do you think of how they're portraying that 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 20 year run? Uh, I definitely think that you know the portraying him of a villain is kind of wrong. Where it does look like he was the reason why things kind of didn't work out. I think I think ultimately, I think ultimately that when you look at the the relationship between the three of them. Um, I think they all played a part into it. You know, when the Eagles get so big and everybody feels like it's them, but when you look at it, you got to know if it's a craft type of production. Uh, Is that who produced prop- it? Is that who well, produced it? I don't it? know. I don't know if he necessarily produced That's what we it, heard. but he, he had final say. And so when the person has final say on it, yeah. it's going to make, you know, who he wants to not look great. And I think it came across where it did make Bill look you know, it didn't make him look great, but there, you know, there's some episodes I've seen them. I've seen the majority of them. I know they, they only come out. I did get the little kind of like, you know, screener. So there are some things that are going to be great for people to watch this as it moves forward. Jermaine, you mentioned the egos in that locker room and in watching the dynasty, it's no wonder why the Patriots were a true dynasty of over 20 years. You had big time guys, Drew Bledsoe, Brady, Belichick, Kraft, Brewski, McGinnis, Lawyer Malloy, Adam Vinatieri, in the repeated lines of Bill Belichick saying, do your job, put the team first, do your job, put the team first. It seemed like you guys truly bought into that, and that was a direct reflection of your success. Yeah, and that, that's, what, that's what made us successful, and I think that's what made the dynasty successful, is that guys were willing to subjugate their egos and what they were getting, their individual goals to do what was best for the team. But ultimately, it was like that lost its luster at the end of it, and it became, you know, I think it became more about, hey, I'm a main reason on why this is successful. But, yeah, that was the biggest thing that we always talked about as players, that, you know, hey, it's all about the team. You know, we might not get the, 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 the individual accolades that we want, but if we're all winning and we're all we all get the same size Super Bowl ring at the end of the day, and I think that's what. And we had some great players that kind of pushed that narrative. Billy McGinnis and like you said, Teddy Brooks and some of those other guys. The, 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 that the, was something special. The stuff that was fascinating, like the Jordan documentary, is the behind-the-scenes footage. Tom Brady in one of those classic little New England homes, playing pool in the basement, pounding beers. Yeah. He looks like me and my buddies. <laughs> yeah. Pudgy yeah. face. Pudgy face, kind of doughy, pounding, yeah. pounding, chugging beers with with an unknown guy that we don't even know is another draft pick, and the transformation in literally eight years, yeah, Benjamin to, Button, to being married to the most famous yeah. person in the world as a model, and like that little dumpy apartment he was living in. You were there for early Tommy. I mean, right. it's amazing to watch in that documentary the transformation. Oh yeah, that's what that's what happens when you go from just a guy trying to make a roster to to a three time Super Bowl champ, a league MVP, a Super Bowl MVP. So, you know, things things change. But, you know, that that was part of it. You know, that was the great thing about this, this documentary and people get to see it is it's just the evolution of, you know, guys like Brady and Bill and how the organization, you know, has been so spectacular 
for so long. And, you know, now we're just trying to figure it out here as fans. We're just trying to, you know, see what Gerard Mayo can do and the direction he can take the team in. Isn't there any notion that Mac Jones two years ago was a pro bowler, went to the playoffs, you don't burn the third pick on a, on a rookie, you take Marvin Harrison or you trade down with the Falcons, and then you give Mac Jones one more run with, with a, a different scenario, or, or they're, they're done with Mac Jones? No, no, no. We're, we're, we're done with Mac. We're, you can have Mac. We're, we're ready to ship <laughs> Mac off. Whatever you want for Mac, we'll give you Mac Jones. So you're done okay, with him. Mac Jones. You're done yeah, with Just him. give us some kick and tees. We'll take kick and tees and footballs. We don't <laughs> even care. Hey, Jermaine, quickly, throw all the other stuff aside. If the Falcons had to choose between Russell Wilson, Kirk Cousins, and Justin Fields, who do you think the Atlanta Falcons should get as a free agent quarterback? I would go with Justin Fields because that was a little bit of – I wanted him when he originally came out of Ohio State, but if you're the Falcons, I would go with Justin Fields all day long. He's younger. He has the ability to make plays with his legs. If you just get him in the right type of offense, you do some things. And you got to understand, Atlanta's got a ton of talent. Kyle Pitts, he hasn't hit, but in the sense of what his expectations were coming out – Bijan Robinson, Drake London. I mean, they have talent. So, That's why it's mind blowing to me that they didn't hire Bill Belichick. Well, Ibrahim Morris, pretty good man. Everybody loves him. Yeah, so you, no you are, dude. Guy. You are, you are, you're a, you're a Belichick guy through and through, huh? Oh yeah, all day long. But I mean, you know, <laughs> Belichick sick fan. I love it. <laughs> yeah, all day. Yeah. Have you talked to him since uh, since he's out? I, I just shot him a text message. You know. You know, just basically wishing him well in his next his next job. So we'll we'll see where he lands. We'll we'll see where he lands next year. Congratulations! See those ratings continue to go up. I enjoy watching and listening to you. You were a great dude here in Atlanta. You still coach your your high school football coach on top of it, yeah, right? Yeah, I was I was doing some high school football stuff. So you know, I had a had a step away from that a little okay. bit, but. You know, was doing that, but I, I'm always in Atlanta. So next time I'm in Atlanta, we got to sit down. I got to come on the air. We got to we got to uh, grab some dinner or something. All right, Jermaine. Um, look forward to seeing you soon and uh, continued success. All right, take care. Later. Thanks, right. Jermaine. Dude, have you ever heard? That's a great a, a bigger Boston act. That's great. Like day day. Black dudes don't have. <laughs> I mean, have you heard a black That's dude with a Boston thick. accent like that? Uh, honestly, on- not that heavy. No. And I know some Boston guys, black right. Boston guys. I, That's East Boston, old school. Dude, How do you like them apps? I mean. That was great. He is classic, dude. Dude, and- can I tell you last night, just a wave of anxiety rushed over me at about 10 p.m.? What was going on? I got an email from Rusty Manziel that said, Drew's doing Rusty Rocks tomorrow. And the topic is his top five songs from his senior year of high school. Oh, wow. I like that. Why and, like, he, my wife did... was like, are you okay? I was, like, sweating bullets. I, I like, didn't I even know. mention that I don't yet. know what to do. Day Day, how have we not teased this? The secret. Wow. Rusty Rocks on Wednesday. We've got, uh, we've got, uh, I won't even call him a backup. He's just 1A and 1B. Drew Butler takes the reins. When did you graduate high school? 2007. The top, top five songs from Drew Butler's senior year. Also, we'll belly up to the bar. Steak, Drew, it's the Steakhouse, Sports Radio 929 again. Now, more of the Steakhouse on Sports Radio 929 The Game. Oh, yeah. This is the Steakhouse. A lot going on here. I mean, this is not playtime. This is real. This is Rusty Rocks. Uh, that Drew's going to take over. 
This is belly up to the bar. Yeah, this is a big segment here. And again, I'm not stepping on anybody's toes. Rusty emailed me last night and said, this is your job. Here is your topic. Do Rusty Rocks the right way. Uh, Visit the Man Cave store. Up your Man Cave game this season. Visit mancavestore.com. Mike Bell is listening. He said, I didn't reset enough for Jermaine Wiggins. Old radio rule. If you don't know the name, you got to keep resetting. That was a former tight end of Georgia. Uh, Kirby Smart's teammate. Yeah. Super Bowl and, champion. Yeah, and now he does. Uh, he has the biggest Boston accent I've ever heard. What I found interesting, guys, he was talking about Mac Jones the way we talk about Desmond Ritter. Like, Take the him. total disgust. What did he say? You have a bag of peas yeah, for him? Yeah, what did him? he say? A bag of peas and something else. I couldn't even. With that accent, it's hard to understand exactly what he was saying. Um, because the notion was, I don't know, maybe we get a shot at that three because they don't need to go quarterback, and we trade up, and we go there, and they go get Marvin Harrison maybe a, a pick or two later. Um, he said, it's over. It's over. We're not gonna, you could take him for a bag of peas. Um, Mac Jones was a pro bowler and in the playoffs two years ago. And at, at, at uh, Alabama, I think he was 45 touchdowns and three interceptions, something ridiculous. From the penthouse to the outhouse. I think he's also a first-class you know, jag off. Have you haven't heard that? <laughs> no. Super cocky. Really? Oh yeah. Like that. He came in with his swagger, coming from Bama, national wow. title. Oh, that's been a big issue. So, um, I don't know. I thought maybe they, they'd hang in there and try to. Maybe we had a chance to trade up. Drew said it earlier. Um, if you listen to Raheem Morris on this radio station with Andy and Randy, if you listen to his, they did the rounds yesterday. They keep talking about a really good cut about the difference in a rookie and a veteran, and the way that Terry was talking about it was like, you know, listen, it's an undertaking, man. If we take a rookie, this is an undertaking. Almost like we're going back to the drawing board. We're teaching you, like, where everything is in the building. We're teaching you what day is film work. Correct. We're teaching you what you're supposed to do in your offseason. Correct. We're, right? Like Situational football. Four-minute like offense. Like everything. What's it Two like? Two-minute offense. Yes. You don't want to ask. You're not going to like if you ask Matt Ryan or any veteran about what was it like as a rookie because they'll be like, we didn't know anything. Yeah. Because you don't want to think about – you're going to convince yourself that Jaden Daniels or Drake May, it's not that – these guys are ready to go. And what the reality is, is most of them are going to say, dude, we didn't know anything, our rookie. And now, C.J. Stroud may be the, uh, the, 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 exam- the uh, anomaly, but mo- much more likely you struggle your way through your rookie year – and do we really want that? Do we want to struggle our way through our rookie year? <sighs> Please, no. Right. We don't Please, want that. no. All right, let's do uh, Rusty Rocks. We ready to go? Let's here? go. Yeah. So take us through Drew Butler. You grew up in Chicago. Your dad is. We moved here at the end of 1999. He's pretty famous. Uh, I mean, yeah. Anybody that was in the Super Bowl shuffle, but actually wasn't in the Super Bowl shuffle. He was right? not. It was his rookie year. Right. But. He did play on the most famous Chicago Leading sports scorer. team of all time. Yeah, broke the NFL rookie scoring record that year as well. Do you think Michael Jordan's sixth title and the Bears' 86 uh, Super Bowl win are equal in terms of biggest titles in Chicago No, history? I think the Bears' 85 Super Bowl win is bigger because it's singular. Obviously, the Bulls' legendary dynasty, right. so many great memories, but that Bears team is 85 season, 86 correct. Super Bowl? January 86. Yeah. That is um, correct. Game I was at, by the way, I was a soft, I was a soft ball in college. And uh, the Bears go down the uh, – Patriots go down the field and score. 
They're up 3 nothing, And I'm like, yeah, you, you think we're just going to lie down here? Ah, me and my Boston buddies, I sound like Jermaine Wiggins. What, do you want some of this? You want some of this? The Bears then scored 48 consecutive points. 46 to 10 final score. 46 straight points. Yeah. Anyway, you came here. You're how old? 10. And you spent seven, uh, eight years in the uh, Georgia public uh, schools. That's right. Peachtree Ridge High School. I was the charter class, 2003 freshman year. 2007 graduating class. And Rusty Manziel of Rusty Rock said, I want your top five songs from your senior year of high school. All right. Are we ready? Yeah. First up. She played the Super Bowl last year. She's still an international superstar. Rihanna and Jay-Z, Umbrella. So you got to think prom. Is that what you were thinking? 95.5 The Beat. Who'd you take? Star 94. Who'd you t- yeah, Stephen Vicky? Yeah. Stephen Vicky? Yeah. Who'd you take to prom? I forget. <laughs> Stop it. What do you mean you forget? Senior year, I think I went solo. Uh, whatever. Okay, here we go. Number two, Justin number Timberlake. Number two or number four? Sorry, number four. Justin yeah. Timberlake, Sexy Back. He was a monster back in these days. So these are good songs. I mean, this is just the vibe so that was going around. So what do you think of, does each song give you a little different memory or not? Yeah, absolutely. But the next one's coming down the pike. If you're in your car, turn your car up because it's a lot of Atlanta vibes and for good reason. T-Pain, buy you a drink. This still hits today. This is a phenomenal song. So this is your number three. Yeah. These are the top five Drew Butler songs. Again, these are the top five Drew Butler songs from his senior year, Peachtree Ridge High School, which, by the way, you want to stay Yeah, that's right. 2006. That's right. You know, Rusty talks about that Rome title. I'll bring my ring in one day. Yeah. You don't talk about it nearly as much as Rusty. But again... Let's just say Rusty's athletic career ended that night. You went, <laughs> you went on to Georgia in the NFL. All right, number two, Shop Boys, Party Like a Rockstar. Yeah. Let's hear this. Let it play. Let it Let it breathe. Let it breathe. Yeah. Feels like you and teammates in the locker room. No question. Was it? No question. Jumping up and down. It. Absolutely. What's the post-game song? Pre-game, post-game. Yeah. So that's a number Anytime. two. Anytime. All right, here we go. Number one, you know where it's at. Soldier Boy. Crank that. Soldier Boy, tough. 2007. Day Day just hit it. Day Day, what do you think? Give us a breakdown. This is a great list. This is a, this was so for Drew because I'm the second elder statesman in the group. This was my club days. So there you go. these songs were spot on. This is 2007, encapsulated in five songs. Rusty Rocks, Drew's top five songs, senior year of high school. Great job, Drew Butler. Bring back some memories to a lot of our listeners. All right, let's do some uh, belly up. What's everyone talking about? Yo, yo, what's the deal? We've got you covered. As we belly up. On the Steakhouse. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. All right. Uh, came out mock draft. Uh, ESPN draft analyst Jonathan Giovanni saying uh, or, or putting one out there that did not have USC guard Ronnie James anywhere in the mix. He said he's not even going to get drafted this year. He's going to stay in school. Um, his point is uh, he had... He, he thinks given the scary injury in the offseason and basically the year that he's had that he is not a draft prospect right now. Taking to Twitter, 
the elder James, because I think Bronny is a junior. Can you all please let the kid be a kid and enjoy college basketball? The work and results will ultimately do the talking, no matter what he decides to do. If you all don't know, he doesn't care what a mock draft says. He just works. Earned, not given. Not happy with how this thing has been playing out. Hi, Elva. I think you'd have some folks argue when Bron, uh, when LeBron James puts out there, what was it, Day Day? I mean, he, about a year ago? yeah, he put that where he said that he thinks uh, Bronny is is better than a lot of the guys in the league right now. Dumb. Then you add the fact that he says, you know, I want to play until he is in the. NBA. I want to be his teammate. Yeah, right? like so you you put un- he's already got pressure on him being LeBron James' son. That's already there. Now you add that into he the mix. He said he's better than NBA players right now. I didn't even play a minute at USC. This is quintessential LeBron James yeah. revisionist history. I mean, wrap it up, gift, put a bow tie on it, and hand it across. This is LeBron James encapsulated. Yeah, you're right. I mean, for LeBron, um, for, for folks who are LeBron bashers, this plays right into it, bro. You're the one that laid that out there uh, that you're going to play with him in the NBA. And uh, regardless, you hit it on the head. All right. Uh, Charles Barkley still looks great, by the way. Yeah, he does. He's looks kept great. the weight off. Like, I've never seen him keep the weight off, right? The ninth edition of The Match, Capital One's The Match, was on Monday night, and it featured Max Homa, Roy McIlroy, Rose women, Young, and right? Lexi Thompson. Yeah, they did a skins game. It's fun. Ernie Johnson 12 was holes. calling it, yeah. TNT broadcast it. Ernie Johnson was there. Obviously, Charles Barkley was there. So was DJ Coward, who has really come on to the golf scene as of late. So they pre-taped a par-3 challenge Charles Barkley against DJ Khaled and Chuck. Come on, man. You lost to DJ Khaled? Loses to DJ Khaled. Beats him on the first hole. Khaled's competitive. He says, let's go again. Khaled wins the second hole. They do a rubber match. And Charles Barkley loses how does, how does to his DJ swing look? Khaled. Charles is swinging great. I got to play with really? him last summer. He played phenomenal. Shot really? a 39 on the back nine. I was very hold on, impressed. Hold on, hold on. Yes. Barkley shot a 39 on the back At nine. Boston Golf Club. I was right with him. It was very impressive. Damn. This is a guy that was the worst call forever. It was. I was highly impressed. Wow. All right. Uh, finally, Mississippi Valley State, not a good basketball team. They are 0-27 going into this game against Prairie View on Monday night, which they won. And this is hilarious. Here's their voice. We ain't here to- and Andre, that's game. And that will be game. And that will be game. And that's down for that first win. First hole, we saw the goal. Hilarious. Um, they had 30 people run on the court. And they yeah, got if their you one. The, if you see the video, it's literally like 20 to 30 people storming the court. So Amazing. They're, they're, one, they're 1 and 27. Very funny. Great job, guys. Also, uh, be careful. Mississippi State putting up all kinds of stuff on their scoreboard saying, please do not get on the court. If we win this game against Kentucky, they were leading much of the way. They blew an eight-point lead late. A kid, what is it, Reed Shepard? What's his first name, uh, Day-Day? Um, uh, <laughs> he hits a late shot. Kentucky wins. Mississippi State not having to storm the court. But how embarrassing that they put yeah. it up there with about, a minute, with about a minute left, right? Bad, bad look. Bad karma, right? Yeah, Reed Shepard. Reed Shepard is sick, dude. Dude, that boy, that boy's got game. That guy, I mean, forget about it. Kentucky, by the way, talk about a wild card in the postseason. They beat Alabama so bad the other night, beat them by like 35. 
They also lost three straight to some bad teams at home. I don't know what to expect from Kentucky and John Calipari. Tournament this year is going to be ridiculous. Yes. With the amount of teams coming out of the SEC and Big 12 and how what a wild card it is. Although I'll still say, if you're laying money down now, you could do a lot worse in Houston. I, I, got, I feel like Kelvin Sampson's finally going to get his title, but we'll see. My Twitter's blowing up. William Comer, you brought the fire. Frank Ovili, good one. Jazz player Larry, Larry Ellis, great Rusty Rocks from 2007. Thank you, friends. Job, you Thank you, friends. Did a great job, dude. Thank you, friends. Hey, this hour is brought to you by the Man Cave Store. Up your Man Cave game this season. Visit mancavestore.com. Um, if you're an Atlanta Braves fan, something yesterday happened that is just, you know I hate talking too much spring training because it don't mean nothing. This might mean something for real. We'll do that and play three strikes. We come back on the Steakhouse. Game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a big game of the night. Brought to you by John Foy and Associates. You know, uh, sometimes you look into the college basketball bag of tricks and you find a little something, something. What's tonight? Yeah, well, let me just first say, we don't take John Foy big game of the night lightly. No, no. It's Even, not I mean, like we just pull up the schedule and start thumbing around and go, okay, here it is. Listen, This it, is a serious deal. We, we are about three weeks uh, past what was a dark moment, um, which I don't like. Listen, I love Day Day. He's a great guy, great yeah. family. When he came on here and did an NC State women's basketball game. You messed up. Well, no, but it just it took the whole – like a guy spending money on the segment named John Foy – I mean, like, his marketing team was like, is that what the best we can do? And, like, with South Carolina – no, sorry, it wasn't South They're number one. It was NC State against who? NC State and Notre Dame. <laughs> no, no, no! <laughs> Poor guy. I mean, you talk about uh, – Sorry, I just, just – I, I love good women's basketball. I'll just be hooping. There yeah. was a post the other week from GA followers. It was, if Atlanta had its own $20 bill, who would be on it? And I said, John Foy, the strong arm. Yeah. He's everywhere. Okay. So, so. Big game of the night tonight, 7 p.m. ESPN2, number 11, Auburn, at number four, Tennessee. Tennessee's a six and a half point favorite. The total is 151 and a half points. These are two teams that have a really good chance to go deep into March. The Tennessee, fi- Dalton Connect is a bucket. Day Day, the teams that could win a national title out of the SEC. I, if you put Florida, uh, probably not Florida, but they're they're really good. South Alabama. Carolina would be your sleeper out of the SEC. So the four we know could win a national title. Alabama, Auburn, Kentucky. Tennessee. And Tennessee. And then you could t- slide South, South Carolina, Carolina at Florida. five. Yep, and then Florida. Uh, Mississippi State's getting in. Obviously, they, they could have beat Kentucky last night. If I had to say, uh, I w- if I had to pick one of them, I'd take Tennessee. And Rick Barnes said. Yeah, is this the year? Can they get past the Elite Eight? What's that white boy's name? Don't um, connect. That dude say is in, a baller. As they say in True Romance, this white boy day. This is this, this dude's funny. Is this is this white boy day? Gary Oldman, one of the great scenes ever. Christian Slater, True Romance. It is white boy day when Tennessee plays because that dude can ball. What's his name again? Dalton Connect. Yeah, why can't I? Uh, why can't I even remember that? Damn it, steak. Anyways, uh, all right. Let's give you my three strikes questions because uh, there's a lot of bells and whistles to go along with it. Um, the there's a post that Rusty just sent us from the uh, so so much for trying to make nice with Cam Newton, and I continue to tell you how, how embarrassing I think that moment was. Well, it, let me just ask this: What's up with the people being like you don't know the whole story? 
There's more to. There's two sides to the story. You don't know. Is that the, what Cam said? No, I mean that. I, I see that in replies. I see what that you, for people like Cam sticking Newton, up for the altercation. Cam Newton instigated it. I think he was the first to lay hands. If we see this, T.J. Brown, who coaches that team, is that right, Day Day? Coaches yep. uh, top shelf. Him and his brother. Yep. At the end of the day, this didn't happen because of trash talk. You can talk all you want, but the moment Cam got out of his seat from with his kids to come on the field and put his hands on another man. That's where it went. Left NFL player or not, you keep your hands to yourself. Is there video evidence of that? You're telling me Cam Newton went and put his hands on a man in public in front at a seven-on-seven camp? I feel like that would have come out maybe a little bit we earlier. We did see video of that. We did see video of them coming up the stairs and punching him, right? Well, if you if you watch that video, you're talking about the one where you can see from the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. From you, and, and it's unfortunate that we don't have prior to that, but yeah. you do see Cam grab okay. him first. Okay. And as he's grabbing him, the other brother comes in and punches. I would have to assume, and again, this is me just just making an assumption that that guy walked up to yeah. Cam, probably got in his face, and Cam probably put his hands on him like little man. Yeah. Make a smart decision. I'm, uh, you're giving Cam the benefit of the no, doubt. No, I mean, there is no benefit of the doubt. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to hear right. both sides of the story. It's ex, stupid. Ex-pro athlete that's a little cuckoo. Ex-pro athlete. You ever heard Lenny Dykstra in the last 20 years? Oh, yeah. Bill Romanowski, interviewed him many times, literally got issues. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. I was thinking about Hashtag that. Hashtag Have you seen that? That's, yeah, what, we were that's talking. what he does. Yeah. Uh, ex-pro athlete that's a little cuckoo. Strong accent that you get a kick out of. Strong accent that you get a kick out of. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. Is there an accent you really enjoy when they, like, um, so what that's, that was. I mean, a stuff, thick Chicago right? accent's really good. Canadian's pretty good. Canadian's Chicago pretty good. Accent, good like the Liverpool, like the Beatles. Yeah. And then uh, your prom theme, because we did uh, Drew Butler's. Graduating class top five songs that your mind was. What do we have here first? Uh, Gary, we got anything? Michael Jackson, I'll Be There. You even heard this song? Oh my God, yeah. Oh, you do know this. You think? Suzanne Height. You talk about a bad night for the steaky, the big right hander. Like, Greg Maddox, the best Greg Maddox shutout, like, you know, nine innings, three hits, two hour and 10 minute game. That was me. The, my shutout, how badly Suzanne Height shut me out on prom night. I mean, like, the, it, it, miserable. I slept in a closet in Cape Cod, <laughs> drunk, got a limo with my buddies. I had a mixtape I made for her. Like, we, we weren't going out anymore, but I figured we could rekindle it. We go down to somebody's Cape Cod house, and all I know is I fell asleep in a closet. She hit you with the James Franklin, you're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it did not go how well. How about No. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> Are we going to get this thing rekindled at all? Are we going to make some magic? No, no. Yeah, like, no. <laughs> 404-726-0929. Ex-pro athlete, a little cuckoo, strong accent, you get a kick out of, and you're prompting. You got a prompting or some of you guys want to play or not? You got some? I don't know what you got, G. No, I, mean, I, I guess say like we, Pharrell was like what the, something that was big. Uh, I mean, it was 2014, so yeah. I need like big the theme. Like I'll be there was like the last song of the night type. Song. Well, you know, like we were at the aquarium, I believe, for my senior year yeah, prom. Um, I don't remember. I mean, look, Soldier Boy, like Shop Boys, no, 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 like I a rock star. That, we're right. getting not down. Every, listen, maybe T Pain, buy you a drink. I still listen to that song. Four zero four seven two six zero nine. 
877-867-1729. And uh, we'll take these calls. So what's your take? I'm very upset. It's time for you to sound off with three strikes. Bring it the f*** on! On the Steakhouse. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Hey, Wilson in Athens, give me an ex-pro athlete that's a little cuckoo. Wilson, you there? Hey, Wilson. Tony. Hey, Tony. Give me. Hey, a, what's up? Hey, give me. Hey, Key, my boy. Ex-pro athlete that's a little cuckoo. Yo, I saw a little podcast last night. I want to say uh, Terrell Owens. Something's going yeah, on. Yeah, no doubt. I don't know what. No doubt. Yeah. Interesting. I need to check that out. Strong accent. Yeah. Strong accent. You get a kick out of. Nigerians. Oh, that's they all, I mean, they have the deepest voice, women <laughs> or men. It's crazy. <laughs> and uh, your prom theme. What was your prom theme? Steak, help me out. I don't remember, but all I know was the song was Cuckoo Cuckoo, Mrs. Robinson. They played that oh. song a hundred times. Okay. Um, here's to you, Mrs. Robinson, Simon and Garfunkel, right? You got an accent that we were talking about? I have a Prella, I have an extra lodge, three parliaments, take a big dump. That's one of the all-time Casey Oh, my God. It's the so best, good. One of the best SNL skits. It's so good. Hey, Matt, ex-pro athlete that's a little cuckoo. I think Dion's losing it, guys. The strong accent you get a kick out of. Hey, I love Bobby down in L.A., man. He's great. And your prom theme. So it was like under the seas. Uh, I think boys and men was playing all night. I had the after party at my house and had to take my date home because she got in trouble. She got in trouble and for uh, what? I sat there by myself all night. What'd she get in trouble for? Uh, drinking the weekend before. <laughs> you gotta be strategic. <laughs> you gotta be strategic. We'll say hi to Andy when we come back. Here we go. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. The Morning Shift. Weekday morning, 6 a.m. till 9. Morning. I have always been of the notion you don't give up first-round picks because the more of them you have, the more opportunity you have to actually hit on those first-round picks. I hate the thought of giving one up. Specifically, if you're only...